0: Are we calling it podcast, or?
1: I don't know, because it's
0: vodcast, I saw somewhere. (laughs) Is that a bit wanky, vodcast? A
1: little bit. Looking
0: good, feeling good?
1: Yeah, how are you guys? Pumped. First time I've ever said pumped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't see you.
1: Right, let's get podcasting.
0: Welcome to the cutting room. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to deliver an amazing customer experience. So, lads, the day's finally here. Um, it's been a long time coming, but our first podcast. How are we
1: all feeling? Excited. Good. Good. Like, we've talked about it for a while. Finally, to get into this room and hopefully impart a bit of wisdom.
2: Yeah. yeah. You, you just took all the words I wanted to use. So, um, yeah. Think of some more. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, no, it's it's a good opportunity to kind of put all the cards out on the table, no pun intended, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and chat about some cool stuff. Share that wisdom, yeah, no,
0: definitely. Right, so let's get into it. So I guess to kick us off in terms of what, you know, the, I guess the purpose of what we're looking to is kind of share our experiences both as consumers ourselves, but both as, uh, you know, with have ran seven videos for about nine years now so what we've learned about delivering our clients a good experience and what we've learned from being clients to our suppliers I guess and it's kind of pooling all that together and sort of coming up with what we think some some good advice so I think to to kick us off I think what what would you say the first thing Jake to you that that springs to mind when you're thinking an amazing customer journey?
2: I think the first place you need to start is you know really caring about you know, your customers and, and the people that you're working with. Um, I think showing that care and imparting that into all stages of the customer journey, that's really going to make a big difference in maybe it's a first impression that you're creating with a, a customer or, you know, you're wanting to kind of build on what you've already had with them. It's a um, it's really important starting point to make sure that you're putting as much care and attention into your customers as you can.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something I, you know, come up with quite a lot, against in, in my role it's it's quite a simple thing to do it's it's using things like people's first names or it's remembering or using your crM system to, to jot down events or things that people may have mentioned if they were going on holiday it's just it's showing that you've listened to people and showing that you care and i think when you're in sort of meetings with people you know i've been in meetings before with suppliers and they're, they're looking at the watch and checking the time and you're like well you know it just to me it just makes me feel not very special and, like, they don't want to be there. And it's really simple to do it.
1: Yeah, like you say, everyone does just kind of want to... You want to feel loved, don't you? You want to feel like you you matter. And I think, like, what you mentioned around using people's names and kind of remembering information they've said is a good way of making people feel like that. But you've got to be careful, because you can come across quite creepy. And I've had I've had calls where somebody have started referencing my dog and loads of things that I liked. I'd never spoken to them before. I was like... <laughs> This is weird. <laughs> How do you know this? How do you know this? I don't even know your name. Yeah. And you're spouting off my dog's name and my wife. Love what you've done with the front room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like it's good that they, like, look, like did a bit of research before, but there is a... Uh, you can do that in
0: time. I think once you've yeah. built that rapport, it's then good to show that you care and remember them, but don't just dump it on somebody straight away because it, it's a little bit scary.
2: I think as well it's, you know... It's actually actually having a genuine care if you know if you if you don't care but you're trying to pretend that you care you know why are you actually doing what you're doing i think it's important to you know really sort of empathize with your customers and and actually be bothered because it'll make it a lot easier for you um going forward
1: i think that's a good point because it is really easy to tell when people are kind of faking it or trying to feign interest so i think if you can kind of find like a common interest or something like that that you can kind of get on board with then it makes makes it feel a lot more personable rather than just being like trying to pretend you care about
0: well you can't fake it and i think if you don't care find someone that does and get them to deliver that i guess moving on from that that showing the love and showing that you care i think another another sort of point to add to that is is around keeping your word you know yeah showing that you care but to back that up, I guess you need to be able to to do what you say you're going to do to people as well.
1: There's nothing more frustrating, and, and we've had this when we've worked with suppliers, where the initial engagements tell you all these great things that they do, but then actually when you get into it, they tell you that you're going to get something by Friday. Don't hear from them. And then you're chasing it the following week. And, and straight away, as a customer, you're put into that situation. where like, I shouldn't be chasing this. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're having a negative experience already, whereas... It's really simple, but not not a lot of people do it really well, but it is simple. Just let people know.
0: And at the point of when someone's chased it as well, that's kind of the peak of the negative experience is they're getting in touch with you because they've had this worry or what's going on for a few days prior to it. And it's just so simple. If you can't do it on the day you say you're going to do it, let them know on that day and let them know when they can expect to receive it. Yeah. And so many people don't do it.
2: Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand with you know what we said about showing that care and attention. If you're then gonna go off and you know leave people in the dark, you know not do things when you said you're gonna do them, it kind of just shows the exact opposite, and it just makes everything that you've already done just look like it was a bit of for sure to get them in through the door, but now actually you don't really care, and and it's 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 not exactly a difficult thing to do to just update people, you know what the stage of the process is and. It's quite rare that if there has been an issue, if you're upfront and honest and say, "'Oh look, this has happened, but this is now the implications are, and we're going to do this for you, It's very rare that someone will still be you know kind of negative about that it's I think it's quite difficult to when someone is sort of being open and honest and and nice about it to 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 be annoyed but if you like you say if they've got to the point where they are chasing things up, they've already had to have had that negative experience and and those negative feelings about you that and that that that's when they're starting to do more of the work which is exactly what you don't want to do you want to take work off people's desk and not make extra work for them
0: i think the key is also is just is is not to be too reliant on memory you know yeah well to not be reliant on memory at all i think you need to have processes in place because everyone's different you know in, in particularly in our industry I mean, I don't really have a creative bone in my body, but I know most of the people I work with do. And and creatives, are, are, you know, generally speaking, may not be the most organised. And I think you need to put those processes in place that that enables them to be able to do that to focus on their strengths.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important because, like you say, everybody is different. Everybody kind of works and behaves in in different ways, and as business owners or, or managers, what you want to be doing is building the right processes for the right people. And then if they are not the right people for that particular part of the process, it's finding somebody whose skill set does match that. So it might be using somebody a bit more organised and that's more in their DNA than the creative, say, but have them working together so that that kind of customer experience doesn't really drop down. And I think in terms of, like you say, just getting things to people when you say well, it's the easiest thing to do when actually out of all the things that could go wrong say in a project for for any industry just not letting but letting somebody know something is the simplest thing to do (laughs) like there's so many things that can go wrong but take seconds just not sending somebody an email when you know it's not coming at that point yeah you know you're not going to get it it's like such a simple thing but some like say so many people don't get it right
0: you do need to put yourself in your customers shoes and understanding what's important to them and i think that kind of naturally takes us on to the next point is just around understanding what that customer journey is for your clients and also really understanding what those different touch points are and how they can be improved. And yeah, it's only by truly understanding, I guess, what they want, then you can start to put a process in place to deliver that.
1: Yeah, I think we can all be guilty of that and we've been guilty of it in the past at seven certainly a few years ago a fair few years ago Yet, very much focused on what works for you what works for our team and fall ill of kind of not really understanding how it benefits the customer and what their experience is we've and we've had it in the past where you felt all your processes are kind of set up for what makes our job easier what yeah. makes our guys jobs easier not what's best for the customer and we had a
0: bit of a a, a sort of change internally didn't we where we did a lot around process probably a few years back and and, and people come up with some really good ideas, but like you said, that made our life easier. But it was we had to do a bit of a, a shift from a, a mentality point of view. So it's not; it doesn't matter what's important, what makes our lives easier. Although we do want to be more efficient as a business, but it's only going to really work if it makes life easier for your client time and time again. And, and I think we've got there, but I think it took a little while for, for people to think, oh, well, actually, yeah, it's not about us; it's about it's about them and what makes their lives easier.
2: I think yeah. as well, like it, it can be really easy to fool yourself into thinking that you've got your processes nailed because everything in your office is running great. You know, uh, everything that you need to do is dead easy and and you're getting the product or the service out on time. You know, why wouldn't you think that, you, you know, your process is nailed, but it's only by kind of taking that step back, putting yourself in the customer's shoes and really sort of focusing in on what are those touch points and how is that affecting the client and, you know, how can you make little improvements here and there, you know, it's it's not all about kind of making big wholesale changes that's going to make a huge difference. It's about those little tiny little 1% here and there that are going to really make a difference, I think.
0: And I guess what you say there kind of also takes us on to the next point is once you've got that customer experience, customer journey, whatever you want to call it, once you've got that nailed down, it's making sure that you're then consistently doing it because there's no point delivering a, a top-notch experience a few times, and then that, that, that level drops because that's where you're going to experience you know, problems.
1: Yeah, and, and that's almost worse than if you have a mediocre service that's consistent compared to wowing somebody once and next minute, it's okay next minutes wow do you know what I mean as a customer you like people use mcdonald's as an example like it's not the best food but no matter where <laughs> wherever you go it's consistent you and know what think, you're going
0: to get basically don't you yeah
1: whether you like it or not but at least you know what your expectations are and i think that's as customers and as people that's what you want to know what you, what's the most frustrating thing is it's like oh yeah this was brilliant Tell people and then they do it and then I oh, know it was rubbish. And it's like
0: so if you go to a restaurant and it's it's good, you know, it's it's up there, great food, great experience. You go next time, great food, great experience. You go third time, not quite as good. That bit wasn't quite right. That, that that's you know, it's not quite to that level. And and that's the one that sticks out and that's the one that that's the one that you remember. Whereas if they were already at that level and it, they maintained it, you, you know what you're going to expect. But yeah, as soon as you as soon as that those service levels alter or it's not consistent that's when people start to to see it as a bad experience even though it might well be better than something else if it's not consistent it feels bad
2: yeah i mean like one of your main goals of having an amazing customer experience and putting all this effort in is that people do come back to you time and time again now what's the point if they're kind of enjoyed the first experience come back and it's not to that level you know it, it, it not only kind of reduces dramatically the confidence they have in you but also it just makes you seem slightly disorganized disingenuine it's 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 really kind of about making sure that what you're doing in that initial stage of building that first impression is something that is sustainable and repeatable so that when people do come back to you because they had a great experience that they're going to experience that again and in turn that also builds up a really good level of confidence in you because they know now that every time they're going to come back, they're going to get the same level of experience.
1: I think that's a really good point as well, particularly when you're looking at your customer journeys, to not be too ambitious to start with, just like you say, you could could map it out, add all these brilliant things, and you're like, yeah, if, if, if you have that experience, that's amazing. But like you say, it's got to be sustainable and repeatable. So I think if you are looking at that, start off small first. Do you know what I mean? Don't go too big too soon, where you're kind of destined to fail, I suppose, aren't you? look at what you can do easily and repeatable to start with and then you can kind of build on that can't yeah.
2: I think in any market as well, where whereby someone's found a supplier or um, a, a, a business that is providing them something and they're happy with everything the first time and it's consistent every time, it's very rare that they'll go looking for something else.
0: I guess the key, the key to being consistent though is, you may have that perfect experience mapped out, you know, you worked out in the boardroom, wherever, but it's if everybody in your organisation isn't bought into what that experience is, then that is where you're going to get the inconsistencies because you need the people who are going to be more client-facing, the, the people that are, that are delivering that experience. They need to be bought into it. They need to care. They need to be able to keep their word. They need to be able to do all of that because... That's where you're ultimately going to fall down if not everybody's
1: engaged with it. Yeah, and I think fundamentally that's where most businesses fail is that you don't have that buy-in from the rest of the team. And like you mentioned, particularly roles and people who aren't usually customer uh, facing, so it could be the more creative roles like in our industry people who are making the videos and and doing that type of work, they're less used to it than, say, in sales and marketing. So it's, again, when we touch on about processes and trying to get people to think about what it means to the customer, that's why it's so important to be able to get buy-in from the team because, at the end of the day, they're going to meet so many different people from the business and if just one person isn't bought into it and is focused on them and their work as opposed to the client, then ultimately, that experience is going to fall down.
0: And I think that took us a while to get to as a business because, you know, my, my background was always sales, client experience, all that side of things. So it's always been kind of natural to me, I guess. Whereas the majority of people in our business, are production creatives, for and you know, their passion is around the the, the creating of the content as opposed to the client experience. And so it, it's taken a little while for for us to. I guess get people excited about that side of things and I think we have we have got there now but I think it does take a little while because it doesn't always come naturally to everyone but as a business you need to put those processes and things in place to make it easier for people as well.
2: Yeah I think it's it is particularly relevant to a business like ours because there has to be various different departments involved in order to to produce what we do so Obviously that's gonna mean clients being passed from different people, it's just how it works. But if everyone's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet and providing the same um, level of expectation, it's it's gonna be a lot more seamless for the client, I think. And I think it starts with the team values that you have in place. It can't just be, right, this is our process. You all need to care about this at this point and that at that point. It's about kind of your whole kind of company's culture and and values that you live and breathe by and i i think that's something that we're particularly good at
1: yeah definitely i think like you say that's that's the only way to get kind of real buy-in and i think one of the things i've kind of learned over the years is just particularly with customer experience that actually that by far and above often trumps the actual product or service that you're delivering like you could make the best videos in the world but if nobody likes working with you then you won't get any work again no and and that's i think for me now is the thing that kind of does get you a bit excited of how you can kind of improve that
0: i'm hearing that in you know and another sort of big thing is is to be asking your clients how the experience was for for them you know you're putting yourself in their shoes that's great but that's still you thinking what they want you only know what they want and what their experience has been like Uh, if you ask them again sounds really simple it took us a little while to i mean that now we're in a position where we ask we do feedback calls pretty much after every project now but that took quite a while to get to that point and that's only really how you're
1: going to know what that experience has been like and I, I would say that was game changing for us because i think the beauty of it, what we've found is it's not the uh, the really bad feedback that you were missing it's quite often if people are happy they, they tell you but the things that we got out of it was kind of little small process things that would just make their life easier which for us you just weren't aware of and it's like just so valuable getting that insight um from customers to then enable you to tweak those processes
0: you have to do it on mass though i think what again what we were guilty of at maybe at one point where you get, we'd have one bit of feedback we're like oh god they didn't like that we best change that and yeah. like, actually it turns out that 10 other people did like that so we have to be we have to you, you have to have the experience that what that experience looks like but it does have to have flexibility within it where you can change it to certain clients so that particular client likes that likes to communicate in that way or likes that particular style of working well that's w- what they get it's it's having it's having a an end-to-end experience but having that th- those different nuances that are going to create that wow factor to the individuals
2: yeah i think it's it's all about the attitude that you have towards your feedback as well I think if someone has you know had a slightly negative experience at some point in the process being asked about it and again showing that you know you do care about what's happened and you will you wanting to learn how to to rectify that next time it, it it just gives out a lot more of a positive message than if you were sort of there to first of all, they've had to go to you to complain about something. If you've actually asked about how the process was and it's given the opportunity for someone to say, "Oh well, this could have been slightly better or that wasn't right how I expected," it just kind of puts you back in that kind of positive light in their eyes. I think. Yeah, it's sh- think... It is
1: showing that you care, isn't it? Like we mentioned at yeah. the start, like try you could just leave it at that. Like you've done the work, done it. Seemed everyone seemed happy, but actually putting yourself out there and getting that feedback. Is is vital, isn't it?
0: It takes something bad for somebody to complain. So there'll be a lot of other negative impressions people are having that haven't complained. And yeah, you know, we again we were kind of guilty of that a few years back. We were like, oh, that project's not gone particularly well. I might, you know, I just they haven't heard anything. We'll just leave that. Whereas now we're like, well, we'll contact any person sort of religiously after a project to see how it's gone. And I think that's where you do really. Understand all these different things that you just wouldn't have done before.
1: That's where you get the good stuff. It's very easy ringing the ones where you know that they've loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. We've got brilliant feedback, and actually, I think that's the best thing about the feedback. It's not always obviously. It's great to get fantastic feedback, but it's kind of the little things that you weren't aware of. They're the things that you can kind of make real change from. And
0: it's understanding negative feedback presents an opportunity it's frustrating and you think oh I wish that hadn't happened however like like you mentioned it presents you an opportunity to actually rectify the situation you know look like you care you know because there'll been instances where those clients have come you know not had a good experience with other people and they've just thought well you know what stuff it that that's kind of how it was you know sorry sorry it hasn't worked out whereas if you chuck everything into it and say look sorry that shouldn't have happened be honest with them and then show them how you're going to rectify it they're going to come back to you
2: yeah it can really help with that getting that repeat business as well because if you've had that sort of open and honest conversation about how a certain project has gone the customer then knows that you're on the same wavelength as them for any potential future projects because you've had that experience and you've probably both learned things from it as well yeah
1: Yeah, and we found that as well actually you get feedback they give us feedback uh, we can give them, when you've built a good enough relationship, you can come feedback and go both ways. Well, it does ways. go both ways, yeah. And I think the important thing is just making sure when, we, when you get that feedback is what you then do with it, both internally, but then also making sure you're sharing that back with the customer. So it's, it's all well and good at having a feedback call and telling them everything that you think, but then if if you don't come back with anything after... Yeah, it kind of feels like it's it's disappeared.
0: We've had it when we've heard sort of staff say, "Oh, so and so has done this again," and you know, and it slows the process down or whatever it is. And then I'm like, "Well, have have we told them that?" They're like, "Oh, well, no." It's like kind of get you're getting frustrated by it, but you're not letting the client know that. I mean, the client probably wants to know that something they're doing is is yep. slowing things down or ma- meaning they're not going to get as good of a product or a good of a video or whatever. So like if we can have that, it, like you say, it has to go both ways, feedback, because that's how you build a better partnership and how you ultimately you collaborate and work together in, in a better in a better way.
1: When there is issues with customer experience, it's not because people are knobheads and don't <laughs> care. Quite often it's just not aware or not, not aware of how it feels on the other side. I was just going to say, I think the other thing that we've kind of taken from the feedback is then being enabled to kind of, Create a metric and a KPI around it, so you've got something, um, a really clear idea of where you're at from that perspective. You love a KPI. I do yeah. love a KPI. <laughs> so we use the MPS score. We're at 81 at the moment. If you're interested, which is <laughs> which is well in February. Yeah. In mind, so it's probably 90. It's probably right? 90. Yeah, it will be 90 <laughs> by then, which is world class for people who know.
0: But I think that that kind of takes us to the the final point. I guess we're wanting to to, to make is around sort of is reviewing that process regularly it is an ongoing thing it's not like oh we've got the perfect customer experience There it is. that's it forever because you know people change technologies change what people want changes what your competitors does uh, what how they're operating changes so you have to keep your finger to the pulse on this as well and and review it regularly
2: i think as well you know you're always taking on new clients and entering new markets and you could quite easily sleepwalk yourself into a situation where you're working with a new type of business or client, and they like things doing a certain different way or the, the certain things that just haven't come to light within your uh, existing projects that you could end up missing. So I think that regular review of the process and, and looking at where those kind of pain points are arising, it's, it's a really effective way of making sure that, that you're constantly giving the best experience that you can
0: so i think that brings us to a natural conclusion right there and just by pure chance and coincidence we've managed to come up with seven top tips in delivering an amazing customer experience
1: yeah almost like we planned it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you could say that so i guess just before we sign off i think we just want to sort of reiterate what those seven sort of key takeaways are uh, for the viewers so number one just show that you care number two do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it number three map out what that customer journey looks like and put yourself in your client's shoes number four be consistent number five make sure that your whole teams engage with the process number six learn from your clients ask their feedback and then finally number seven review it regularly it's an ongoing process So thanks for joining me in the cutting room today. Chaps, hope you've enjoyed yourselves.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us, Paul. It's been a blast. You are very welcome.
0: And stay tuned for episode two, which is gonna be dropping in a few weeks. And we're gonna be covering how to create cost-effective videos that resonate with your target audience.